0: Moms. I'm Becca Carnahan. And I'm Marie Tremblay. We're two mom friends and career development professionals here to help you answer that big question. What do I want to be when I grow up? Just because we're moms now doesn't mean we're all the way grown up yet. No, I'm not. Me neither. And we want to give you permission to grow, change, and evolve as a parent and professional. By sharing real stories from real moms, we're going to help you navigate the motherhood identity shift, career changes, work-life balance questions, and more. Are you ready to keep growing up with us? Yes, and let's do this. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, Marie. Hi, Pika. We have a big topic today. Yeah, it's a it's a really big one. We could probably spend a lot <laughs> of time talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah. But as you know, we like to keep these to about 20 minutes. So yeah. this is a topic we're going to revisit over and over again today. But let's just put it out there because this is a big one that mm. a lot of people that we talk to every day experience yep. imposter syndrome. People just in our everyday life experience imposter syndrome, whether they call it that or not. Mm. This is a super common Thing that happens to a lot of women yeah. that we know. Yeah. Yeah. I've suffered from imposter syndrome. Me too. Many, many times. Mm-hmm. Even as a mom
1: gosh yeah especially, especially as a mom oh my goodness
0: especially as a yeah as a first-time mom yeah yeah i remember when, like when you're taking your kids home from the hospital and like you they, oh you, they put them in the little car seat and... i wanted to
1: bring the nurse with me i'm like so you're leaving me yeah
0: right uh, <laughs> i'm in charge right now i'm the person who's supposed to be doing this that's interesting yeah uh so yeah especially as a mom and we, we experience as professionals mm-hmm. and so to start things off We're going to do a story, like we usually do, to talk about Isla, and then we'll talk about what imposter syndrome is and what are some ways that we can break this one down. We're not Mm going to solve it all.
1: No, that's (laughs) what we were talking about right before we started recording. We're obviously not going to solve that problem in 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. but we're going to address it Mm -hmm. and we're going to sit with it for a minute Mm -hmm. and let's kick it off.
0: Yes, so our friend Isla here is experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome and Frankly, she called it that, exactly that too. So she is in the pharmaceutical industry. She's in the HR function. And she has been super successful. She's moved up from individual contributor roles to managing small teams. And now she's being considered for a director role. Mm. And at first, she didn't even want to apply because Mm. she was like, well, I don't have – the, the job posting as it was posted was yeah. like, you need to have 10 years of experience managing teams. Well, she's like, well, I have seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have exactly that qualification. Or And it also said uh, it said um, like in the preferred qualifications or like, like an advanced degree um, would be nice. And she's like, well, no, I have my bachelor's degree. I don't have a master's degree. Right. So like, you know what? I should just take myself out of the running. And her boss came to her and said, I let – we. You really should you should put your hat in the ring for this. You've been doing wow. great work. so why don't you be considered for this role? And she's still like feeling it. She's like, okay, well, fine. I'll I'll put my hmm. my resume in and that's where we find her right now. It's like yep. she's very tentatively submitting her application for this role very, mm-hmm. very tentatively. Um, because as she mentioned to us that she was really feeling the am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I capable enough? Who would ever hire me for this role? Am I going to feel silly even putting myself Even what, out after there? they
1: approached her? Personally. Even after they approached her. Mm.
0: And this is, there's so many different ways that imposter syndrome shows up, but this is one way that it shows up for a lot of people. And a lot like, of women. A lot of women. Unfortunately. A lot of women. Yeah. And so let's talk about what imposter syndrome is and how it impacts people. And then some tools. So, hmm. what imposter syndrome is is I like to describe it as this feeling like you're going to get the hook. Um, and so, what I mean by that is like you're on on the stage and doing your song and dance, and all of a sudden, like the big hook comes out from the side, you know those old timey <laughs> cartoons, and it just starts to pull you off the stage. Like, nope, 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 you don't belong here. Oh. And that is imposter syndrome in a visual, I think, of like putting feeling like oh, my gosh, if I put myself out there, am I going to get the hook? You don't belong there. You don't belong there. You don't deserve it. They're going to find out. They're going to find me out. (laughs) Yep. they're going to find me out, and they're going to give me the hook, and they're going to pull me off that stage. So that's that's imposter syndrome. And it happens for so many women. Marie and I were talking about this, I Mm -hmm. I think especially because of the way that society teaches us to think about our own self-esteem. Yeah right? The double
1: standards. Oh There's, my gosh. Yeah.
0: And we grew up in the 90s. I know a lot of you did too mm-hmm. where we had these teen magazines and they probably still mm-hmm. do this unfortunately. Maybe not. I haven't picked up a teen magazine in a long time. But how much were they telling us all the things that we had to be in order to be acceptable? And it was such a dichotomy because you also <laughs> had the beginning of the girl
1: bands like Girl Power, the Spice Girls. Like you have to be sweet and cute but you also have to be opinionated and strong and this is not this i mean and can we just be be, ourselves
0: be smart but allow people to like take care of you and don't be too assertive others otherwise Uh folks are going to think that you're too pushy and we see this in the media all the time in terms of how women are just judged differently Mm -hmm. than men and is it getting better in some ways i i like I hope to so. hope so yes for my daughter yeah mm-hmm. and I, I you do see some changes i think that in how there's more women role models that people are looking to who have different like they're just themselves out yeah. there and i hope that
1: we're raising different boys too That's I such so an too. important mm-hmm. thing yes um because the i feel like the younger generation of men accept women and Powerful roles much more yes than a few decades ago yes Um, I
0: I I would hope that that is also the case mm -hmm. Um, and we're getting into that place but that's I think where some of this imposter syndrome comes from is just like how society has taught us to look at ourselves so this is not your fault I think that's an important thing to keep in mind Mm -hmm. that imposter syndrome is not you being weak it's not you just like just like chin up and like have better self-esteem. No, you've, you've been, you've been taught to not necessarily think the best of yourself. Um, Mm. even if you had amazing, amazing parents who were teaching you like how incredible you were, you were still getting it from other parts of society. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like when you suffer from the imposter syndrome, even if your friends try to cheer you up, uh, or your spouse or, Sometimes you just want to be heard. Like it's not it's not helping that people are telling you, well, you're so great and you have all these skills. You can do this. This is not always helpful. Right. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. So that's why we wanted to just sit yeah. with this and just like sit in it. Uh, and yeah. one of our members of our career clarity program referred to, sometimes what we do is like sitting in the mud with people. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved when she said the that. I'm like, Beth. Yeah, yeah. Like we're kind of just, sometimes we do just like sit in the mud. Mm-hmm. And So many of the people that we work with also work with therapists who are incredible and who are also really good at like sitting in the mud and be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is hard. Let's just talk about it. So So that you
1: don't feel alone in the mud because you're not.
0: You're not. Mm -hmm. You you don't. It's going to be, yes, eventually is it going to be helpful for you to say, okay, here are my transferable skills. Here are the things that I'm great at. Let's put together my story. Yeah, that's going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also helpful just to hear that you are not alone in this there's a lot of other people who are feeling the way that you're feeling yeah first step that sucks acknowledge what you're feeling yeah yeah
1: sit with it for a minute mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah for longer than a minute if you need to just like like and one way that I find to be helpful when I'm sitting with it is probably to no surprise to those who know me I like to write it out yeah and in the times in my life when I have experienced imposter syndrome, I'm going to tell you a funny story about imposter syndrome (laughs) in a a minute, but um, times in my life when I've been feeling that imposter syndrome, that kind of like feeling in your gut where it's just like, I'm going to get the hook. I'm going to get found out. Something that I've done is when those thoughts are swirling is to grab a pen and paper and just to write without judgment all the things that I'm feeling at the moment Mm -hmm. just to get them out of my head and somewhere else. And sometimes even that act of just like free writing it out Mm. can be helpful. It's almost to me, it's kind of, it's therapeutic to just put it all out there, know that the universe is hearing it in some way. And then when I'm ready, I can go back and look at what I wrote and ask myself like, okay, I, I see what I was feeling. I appreciate what I was feeling and how much, what else could also be true beyond what I wrote? I think that's a gentle way of allowing yourself to feel these big, big, dark, scary feelings uh, about yourself and then to try to reframe.
1: Try to reframe. Yeah, that's that's what I use personally to help me out. It's like I try to talk to myself as if I was talking to one of my good friends. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's helpful for me. Yeah, I because if it was happening to one of my friends, I would try to make her see how she really is objectively, Mm -hmm. like trying to get out of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were also talking about um, the stories that we tell ourselves. You want to go there? Oh, yeah, sure.
0: So, and that's a really nice transition here because we were talking about Brene Brown, and one of the stories that she tells in in her talks and in her Mm -hmm. books is about this time when she was. and I forget the exact story. I'm going to totally butcher I it. I think she was swimming with her and... husband. But yeah, it was ha- how they were yeah. handling conflict. They and... were trying
1: to handle probably... Uh, he was going somewhere with the kids and she... I don't remember
0: the details. I don't but... remember the details. But yeah, they were yeah. trying to handle conflict, I yeah. think, between the two of them. And how sh- they started to approach it was instead of saying, like, you're making me feel this or mm. this is what you're you're doing which we do all all the time, (laughs) Um, she flipped it to the story I'm telling myself is this. Mm -hmm. And just even that reframe. And that's what you can do with a tool like writing stuff down, like writing all the feelings that you're feeling is saying, like, this is the story that you're telling yourself. Mm. It's not necessarily true. It's a story and stories Mm -hmm. are important. We love stories. Um, But not all parts of the story are going to be equally true. No and there could be something else that is just as true or truer it's truer a word (laughs) truer um so you're asking your french yeah (laughs) so there's something to be said i think for both that that concept of i i tell i tell myself that same line pretty regularly but the story i'm telling myself is this and it allows me to pause to reflect yeah and say i'm gonna acknowledge and welcome the story that i'm telling myself but at the same time i'm going to try to think about what else could also be true what's another story huh i could be telling myself
1: this is useful in so many aspects of our mm-hmm. life so can we do the exercise with our friend here yes what she could tell herself like what the stories she's telling
0: herself yeah love it so when for isla when she is telling herself so the story that she's telling herself yeah. when she is being worried worried about applying for this job, the story that she's telling herself, there's a lot of different elements of this, mm-hmm. is that I am not – I don't have enough experience to be considered for this role. Beyond that, I'm going to embarrass myself by putting myself out there for mm. this position. There are other people who are probably more qualified than I am. If I were to even get this position – i'm worried that i won't even be good at it hmm. and i've been good at a lot of things i'm a high achiever yeah and i'm scared of not being good at this next thing i am this there's lots of stories right yeah. i'm scared i don't deserve it that this is actually this is a great opportunity with more money wow. but who am yeah. i so to, imagine if she writes it down and then she reads the stories that she tells herself yeah she's she's probably
1: going to evaluate that it's not it's not true. <laughs> yeah.
0: And some yeah. of the things she's still going to feel. She might feel yeah. like, you know what? I Maybe I'm not as on paper qualified as another candidate. However, what else could be true? Mm-hmm. What else could be true is that I've been with this company for 10 years mm-hmm. and that I have this in, this institutional knowledge that makes me a really strong candidate. What are some aspects? What else could be true? Um, what else could be true is that when I go back and read my reviews for my manager, mm-hmm. They talk about my ability to lead teams.
1: Yeah, I get that brag folder. We yeah, talked about yeah. Teams ago. yeah.
0: <laughs> they talk about my potential. They talk about the way that I make people feel as a manager and a leader. Mm. And so that could also be true. That these elements of my personality and my skill sets mm. are incredibly value valuable um, in Bam. this position. Yep. That could also be true. Mm-hmm. So this exercise, and you. If you hear yourself in Isla right now and all the different stories that she was telling herself, mm. yeah, that's the mud. That that's the mud that we're sitting in together. Yeah. But there's that I think this reframe can kind of be the ladder out of the mud of saying, here's here's someone throwing you a ladder, throwing you a mm. rope. You can kind of start to pull yourself out of it by telling yourself some different stories.
1: Yeah. And I just want to mention that I I would like women to enjoy their success so much more. Mhm. You are allowed to enjoy your success. It's a great feeling. And yeah. I think that we need this more. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you have that imposter syndrome, it, you know, it doesn't allow you to go there.
0: Nope. Yep. Nope. Um, it makes you, you're feeling self-conscious. Mm-hmm. You're worried about even celebrating it because you're, are you going to get the hook? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I prom- I promised you a funny story. So I'm going to tell you a funny story uh, about imposter syndrome <laughs> and the way that i've felt it on my own so for those of you who don't know this whole business that i started it really came from starting a blog as a, as a hobby on the side this was not my goal at so this point funny. Um, so funny. <laughs> i was just writing yeah. funny stories and yeah. writing stories about my childhood and about parenthood and just putting stuff out there and having fun with mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and it was a fun hobby and then i started to get this itch of being like well How could I turn this fun hobby into more of my work? I want to just write funny stuff, but yeah, maybe there's a market for writing funny stuff, but is there also a market for combining some of the other stuff I love with mm. the career development with the funny stuff? Can I be funny and talk about career development? It seems kind of a weird combination, but... It's worked. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't sure if it was going yeah. to though. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. really, really scared and I had a lot of imposter syndrome. How many syndrome. years
1: ago was this? Mm. 2018, 2019?
0: 20, yeah, maybe 2018. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we're talking a little a little ways back here. Yeah. Um. At this point in my career... I had been in working in career and professional development for years at that point, and I still was feeling this um, imposter syndrome about putting myself out there as a career coach to the greater public. Uh, I knew within my work I was doing a lot of career coaching activities, but I had never really called myself a career coach, even though I was doing a lot of career coaching activities in terms oh, really? of like, yeah, interesting. In terms of putting it out there to like the bigger world. Like internally okay. I felt totally fine with it. Um but putting myself out there and doing that, I would refer to myself more as my assistant director in recruiting operations okay. role. Okay. That's how what I would talk about it. So the idea of putting it out there on the blog and talking about career development and talking about myself as a career coach to that audience, I thought I was going to get the hook. <laughs> I was real nervous, real real nervous. So I wrote a blog post and it was combining some of the career development stuff with the funny parenting stuff. Do you remember which one it was? I do. Um, It was a blog post. I forget what the title is exactly, but I can picture it. Um, It was about figuring out what having it all means to you and starting with this idea of like doing some career development exercises to figure out what having it all actually means to you as a parent and professional. It's combining the two things of like parenthood and professionalism and – This was the first time I had talked about any sort of like career development activities as part of the blog. So I hit publish on that blog post and I literally ran out the door. (laughs) Ran out the door because I was so nervous and like I had so much pent up anxiety about this, about getting the hook, about putting myself out there. I was Terrified, and I'm not a runner. Marie knows this about me. She is the <laughs> runner in this in this group here. Um, well, you walk really fast. I'm you a don't walker. Need to run. <laughs> <laughs> I like to walk. Um, I like to just mild fitness, um, but going out for a run is not my jam. But I ran probably at least like. A mile, maybe two miles, just like away from my house, because I was so scared of being near my it's computer. Like a kid reaction,
1: like I love the story, but I was telling Becca, maybe you were running away so you wouldn't be in the house near your computer to go there and click unpublish. Yes, so you would leave it out
0: there. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I think I, th- to see. I think that was definitely a part of it. And you were coaching yourself mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. What and I uh, what I was playing some music on my my phone too at the time. And there's a song by Ben Rector, and song I, I love his, his music. There's a song called Fear, and there's a line in it, because that's what imposter syndrome is it's a lot of fear, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a line in the song, and I listened to the song over and over and over again when I was running away. Um, it says, I learned to dance with the fear that I was running from. Oh, and I
1: learned to dance with the fear uh, yeah. that I was running from.
0: So um, it was kind of embracing the fear it's sitting in what we sitting in the mud and saying you know what I'm feeling this fear I'm not going to push it completely away I'm gonna listen to it I'm gonna dance with it (laughs) I'm gonna say like this is use it as a signal use it as a signal that like something is something's kind of exciting something's Mm -hmm. changing something's growing yeah and I still listen to that song when I'm feeling like I'm putting myself out there doing something different feeling that imposter syndrome that when I do put myself out there and do something different, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to get the hook. Dancing with the fear is just a whole other way of approaching it, saying the fear is okay.
1: Welcoming the fear.
0: The fear is yeah. okay. We're going to welcome the fear, but we're but going to... find finding tools to get out. Finding tools to to move through it, mm-hmm. to dance with it. And I just thought that was so beautiful, the way that he phrased really that, that whole idea. So... If that's helpful for any of you, I think we talked about a couple of tools here today. We talked about writing it down, just like sitting in it, mm-hmm. writing it down, what, or talking with talking with a therapist or a trusted, trusted friend about mm-hmm. all the things that just like brain dump it out. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also talked about reframing and mm-hmm. what else could be true. What other stories could you be telling yourself? And then maybe you do just like run away from it, like do mm-hmm. it, and then – Find a way to to dance with the fear, whether that's going on a yeah. like a insane run that I just that and I did or ran away worst? from my house.
1: What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Go ahead. It's, it's uncomfortable, but mm. it might it might push push you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, but you will learn, and you might enjoy your success.
0: There's going to be a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity. So we know it's scary. Mm-hmm. We're going to dance with the fear. And we're going to, together, work through imposter syndrome. You don't have to do this alone. Thanks for tuning in to When Mommy Grows Up. If you're interested in learning more about how career coaching can help you along your journey of growing up as a mom and professional, head over to beccacarnahan.com slash free training for a free training on how to land a fulfilling job you love without giving up the flexibility you need. You can contact us at podcast at nextchaptercareers.us. If you have questions,
1: comments, or want to share your story for some coaching on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform. We'll be here every week with coaching stories and two mom friends in your corner.